Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. My name is Esteban Bailey, and joining me today on a very special podcast is Ori Benatar and Ashley Anthony, the site experts over on the topflight.com. How are you doing, guys? Doing well, Esteban. Hey, Esteban. Doing very well, thanks. So today we're going to be discussing the entire... Pre- we're going to do a giant preview podcast on the Premier League season this year. Uh, we've gone through all the teams. We've discussed it. We've argued. We've gone through everything that we need to go through. It's been an incredible summer after the World Cup. It's been a really fun and interesting time. But I guess we're going to start it off a little bit about discussing the transfer window that just recently closed. Now, Ori, I want to talk to you, and I want you to tell me, what was your favorite transfer window uh, from any of the teams in the Premier League this season? So for me, the best transfer window has got to go to Everton. And I was switching around my teams over the last probably 16 hours because now there's just so many of those late moves. I had West Ham as my number one because... I felt that they improved their squad from top to bottom the best. Then I changed it to Wolves when they signed Dama Traore and also got uh, Dendonker from Anderlecht. But Everton has just made two, three really great moves just before the deadline closed. Getting Kurt Zuma on loan from Chelsea, phenomenal center back. Looks like that deal is going to get done. And then getting two more players from Barcelona to join Lucas Digne. Yerry Mina, the breakout center back from Colombia, joining Everton from Barcelona, and Andre Gomez from Portugal. Everton now has incredible center-back depth with Keane and Zuma and Jagielka and Mina. Andre Gomez is a great midfield player. He's got a lot of creativity. And Marco Silva has really changed this Everton team for the better. Not to also mention the fact that they got Richarlison from Watford. I think Everton is in for a good season. Ashley, are you more siding for the other side of Merseyside for best transfer window? Uh, I would say yes, because we know the problems in our discussion yesterday on Liverpool. Um, Everton, for me, had, they had the exact same window as last season. Maybe the names are, um, are better quality, I would say. Um, but they still need to do much better than what they did last season to work together. That's why the window has been great, yes. Um, but I would say I would go for Liverpool, as we said. Um, they they covered all the grounds that was pretty bad areas of last season. Um, I would say also another team that I would put there is Chelsea after their keeper signing. Um, I think they got a like for like. It's a potentially world class signing um, in keeper, um, and where they look. Courtois go where they got Eugenio or so, and they're doing this without Champions League football, which is pretty brilliant business. So I would say Chelsea and Liverpool are my two favorite win- um, transfer-, transfer teams this window. Yeah, I think- um, yeah, go for it. No, I was just going to say that I think I think you, you stole my favorite transfer window in Liverpool. I mean, they, they were just so incredible. They probably had my favorite signing of the summer with Alisson because I think he's probably going to provide the most kind of impact to a team just because of how horrible the Liverpool goalkeepers were. I mean, we don't have to... I don't want to remind you, Ori, about that terrible Champions League final with Karius, but, uh, you know, I think it's... it's, I'm not sure if Liverpool is going to have a major title, you know, successful run, but definitely Liverpool. But if I could name a team that uh, I thought had probably the most interesting summer, maybe not the best, but the most interesting, I'm going to say West Ham. Just because I think the signing of Jack Wilshere is really interesting. Uh, if he can stay healthy, that team is going to have a really improved midfield. We've seen what he could do at Arsenal, um, even though he's been blighted by injuries. You could say the same thing about Felipe Anderson, who is their uh, probably their biggest signing of the summer. He came from Lazio. Uh, he's Brazilian. He's very technically gifted. He has a lot of dribbling power. 
Uh, I think he could really become like a Dmitry Payet type player for West Ham. Yarmolenko is an established international for Ukraine. He's probably the best Ukrainian player in the world. He's very good. He was at Dortmund. He was... I wouldn't say the most impressive player at Dortmund, but he was a good player, and it's you know you don't usually see that kind of quality at West Ham. But I want to ask both of you, starting with you, Ashley, what was your favorite signing this summer? Not not you don't have to talk about the entire window. Just one move that you thought was oh that's a great move. Mm, that's quite a tough one, eh? Oh, such a lot of signings look so great. I would say because um, you know being biased and a Liverpool supporter, I would say the best signing was Allison. You can't steal mine. You got to pick something better, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm a favorite player at the moment. Like, I love him just because probably because he's African as well as Navigator. That would be the best sign. It took so long to get him here, but he's finally in the Premier League, and I'm so excited to see him play. So I would say... Between those two, it's Navigator that takes it for me. Navigator is a, a really interesting signing. If you've ever seen him at Leipzig, he was just really influential. And just without exactly. him, it's just it's he could be really amazing in a, a Klopp system. What about you, Ori? What's your favorite move this summer? Uh, hard to pick one, but I'm going to pick one that I think makes this team top 10 worthy and really good. Solomon Rondon to Newcastle. I think he can be a phenomenal goal scorer for that team. He's got actual midfielders now giving him the ball. The likes of John Joe Shelby, uh, Kennedy, Matt Ritchie can give him some good service. And I think Salomon Rondon is a huge signing for Newcastle. And I'll give an honorable mention to Andre Schurler to Fulham for a newly promoted team. Sign a World Cup winner. That is just some phenomenal business. And then the moves that Wolves made also. The transfer window that they had is, you know, inspiring to say the least. I'm sure their fans are very excited for the season. But I think Rondon to Newcastle is an tremendous amount of business for the max buys oh that's a great pickup i mean uh, clearly rundown was probably overqualified to play for west brom the fact that he could get to double digit goals playing in a tony pulis style system is pretty remarkable uh he's a great counter-attacking player he's super physical i think he's going to fit right into rafa benitez system but i you know it's been i think over 1.72 billion dollars was uh, <laughs> made throughout this entire transfer window for uh the english premier league um, I want to ask this question before we move on to other things. Uh, what do you think about the window closing so early? This is the first time that the window is closing before the season starts. A lot of managers have been complaining about it. Mourinho is probably the most famous manager to complain about how short this window has been. Tottenham, of course, is the only team in Premier League history to not make a signing during the summer transfer window. I mean, uh, Ori, what do you think about this window closing so early? I'm totally fine with it. I have no problem with it closing early. I mean, first of all, Jose Mourinho has just been so grouchy over the last, you know, three months. It's pretty sad. It's making United fans a little nervous. I know my dad and my brother, United fans, are very nervous for the season with the windows they had. But I, I'm fine with the closing early. I think that it's a, it, it's shown that when you have three games under your belt and the window still hasn't closed, it can be a little bit unfair because you could have... Let's say Man City plays two games, they lose one, and they're like, oh, we need to sign somebody else. They couldn't do that. So I think this makes it a little bit more even for everybody. Make sure that everybody's business is done before a ball is even kicked. I like that move. But players can still be bought from the Premier League from the other big clubs. We'll have to see if Eden Hazard maybe goes to Real Madrid. He could still be bought by Real Madrid. I don't think it's going to happen. But Ashley, you with me on this one or you disagree? 
Uh, definitely with you on this one, Adi. Um, for a long time, we've seen teams suffer or um, English Premier League teams suffer when the best players get um, poached from the big Spanish clubs um, and they just up the camps in the early stages of um, the campaign. We've seen it with Chelsea, we've seen it with Liverpool, um, we've seen it with many teams, even the smaller teams, where Wolfram Sahar also player <coughs> to mention. Um, so, yes, I am in agreement. What I don't understand is why the Premier League can still get poached from, even though they've closed the A section of the window. So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. The only problem with this one, the specific one to do it now, was that the World Cup came and it made everything a bit hasty. Um, if the team had a lot of players that were, that they, that they wanted from the World Cup, they had to wait on it. Um, if they didn't get the business done early enough. So it actually made a couple of good cups, like the Nabil Fakir deal. That was, if there was a longer period in the window without the World Cup, I think that deal would have gone through, perhaps. Maybe, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, that Nabil Fakir thing, I think when it comes to the transfer window, it's, it is, you're right, Ashley, that it's kind of weird that other countries are not closing their windows early and that they're basically going to be able to pick off English players. I mean, we've seen yeah. Paul Pogba be linked with a potential move to Barcelona. Uh, and they could, you know, Barcelona can wait all month if they really want to pull the trigger on that. And I mean, that could make them one of the best teams, if not a much better team than they already are. So it's a very interesting kind of deal process with these transfer windows. But, you know, I, I think it's I think this year we can't really look at the transfer window closing early uh, as like a, a real indicator of how it's going to be in the future. Just because we also had the World Cup, like you mentioned, uh, the World Cup was, you know, it's the World Cup. It's hard to make moves during the World Cup. And it's hard to make moves after the World Cup because everybody's on vacation. Everybody's trying to rust before the upcoming club season. It's tough for teams to get their business done early. Um, I, I, I would like to see this happen. I want to see this uh, next season when it's a little more comfortable in the summer, when there's not as much tournaments going around, uh, to see how, how an earlier transfer window will be. But, you know, I, that's, I think it was a fun transfer window regardless. So, and so I think it doesn't even matter. But let's move on to some Premier League superlatives. Uh, I want to ask each of you, you can think about it while I mention these titles, but I want to know who's going to be the top scorer. I want to know who's going to be the PFA player of the year. I want to know the best manager, who's the breakout player. Like, let's, and if you think of anything more, just let's, let's talk about it. But uh, Ashley, why don't you tell me, who do you think is going to be the top scorer? Who's going to win the golden boot? Is it going to be Harry Kane again? No, I think it's going to be Salagi. Because I do believe that style of football, that counts a lot in the game at the moment and um, Liverpool and Man City we know to be ruthless up front so because they create so much chances I believe they create more chances than Tottenham on a regular um, per 90 minutes so I'll go in for Salah again uh, with Kane coming in there um, second um, and Asus so that's my top three hmm. What about you Ori? I, I'm just I'm most skeptical on Salah I think he's going to have another good season but not to the same extent that he did last year. I'm going with Aubameyang as my top scorer. I think now with Unai Emery, with some change and how good Aubameyang looked when he signed with Arsenal, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. I think you can't not say Harry Kane is in the top three. Harry Kane is always going to score goals. And um, my third, I'll say Jamie Vardy. I think he has another good season for Leicester. I think he's going to be able to score some goals. Also because I think... uh, Damari Gray is going to have a, a very good season. He's going to be uh, one of the breakout stars, in my opinion. And then a wild card for the Golden Boot. I'm looking at Javier Hernandez, maybe, to make a, a big name for himself. Whoa! And maybe 
That's crazy. Those are some crazy choices there. <laughs> Ori, I respect your opinion and all, but the Jamie Vardy and Chicharito to win the Golden Boot. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm I'm for sure Obamiang. Like I'm I'm 95% sure. Like for me, Obamiang's winning the Golden Boot. I think Lukaku and Jesus, good shouts too. Kane, obviously. No one from Chelsea. I don't think Marathar are getting even close. But I don't know. I think Vardy and I think uh, Chicharito could have decent seasons. So. But I gotta go with 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 Oba. I think he's gonna win the Golden Boot. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I do think that Aubameyang is gonna win the Golden Boot. He had 10 goals in 13 Premier League games last season, and he came in in January and he played for an Arsene Wenger team that was pretty piss poor. So I don't. I think with a new system in place and a coach that could probably you know properly utilize him, I think he's gonna have a great season as well. And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets to 25 goals by uh, February. But uh, I want my top three. Well, screw it. If we're going to pick Chicharito and, you know, Jamie Vardy to be in there, I'm going to say, how about Alexander Mitrovic from Fulham? I mean, he's going to have incredible service with... yeah, with Andre Scherler and John Michael Sarri, and I mean, he he did have some pretty amazing misses in his time in Newcastle, and he had some amazing misses at the World Cup. But in general, his stats point to him scoring a goal almost every time he plays on the pitch. He was incredible for Fulham last season, so why not him? Or uh, I don't know. Let me let me think of someone just this. Let me think of someone crazy as well. How about? Uh, well, wait, how about this? I'll go with another West Ham player. What about Marko Arnautovic? He was the main creative playmaker last season, uh, and he, you know, he, I think he'll probably get more game time than Chicharito, although they'll probably play with a 4-4 too, so maybe, maybe your prediction will be right, uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll have to eat a boot or something to, <laughs> to absolve my sins. But uh, I'll give my wildest wild card, just my wildest wild card. I think the wildest player to even be in the running for the golden boot is Christian Benteke. So let's 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 make that happen. Let's have Christian Benteke become the Golden <laughs> Boot player. Wouldn't that be? I mean, that I think that's probably the craziest thing. Which I think we'll we'll get to Crystal Palace later when we do our uh, table prediction. But I mean, <laughs> could you imagine, like Chicharito against Christian Benteke against um, Alexander Mitrovic for the Golden Boot? It'd be an incredible, incredible Premier League season or a horrible Premier League season if that happens. But uh, let's move on. Um, I'm going to go here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about who I think is going to be the best player. Now, Ashley, you mentioned that you think Mohamed Salah is going to win the Golden Boot. I think that's a great pick. He was incredible last season. He, was, he, of course, won the Golden Boot last year. But I don't think he's going to win the Golden Boot this year. However, I do think that he could be more influential. I think if Liverpool is going to make a real title push, they need Salah to do more than score goals. Now, he, didn't, he did so much last year. I'm not criticizing him at all. He was, his 40 goals are incredible. But maybe this year he decides to create, take on a more creative role along with his incredible finishing. Maybe he gets more assists and he can actually lead the front line not only as the f- poacher but also as the creator in the way that Eden Hazard or Riyad Mahrez did when they won their titles in the last couple of years. So I'm going to say that Salah wins PFA Player of the Year simply because he decides to score less but create more. What about you, Ori? What do you think? For me, I think it's Kevin De Bruyne. I think De Bruyne and Hazard are right now tied for the best player in the league. I think those two showed how good they are at the World Cup and had great seasons last year, but I think Kevin De Bruyne is going to potentially break the assist record this year, and he could score a lot of phenomenal goals for Man City, and I think he's going to put himself up as maybe the best player in the league overall, maybe slightly better than Eden Hazard because he does have a little more versatility in the center of midfield. So for me... I got to go with Kevin De Bruyne. And then I'll do my wild card pick, my man uh, Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. Ori, you're coming in. You're coming in hot today. 
We're, I'm, just, I'm just coming up with the names, man. Ashley, you got to give us a wild card along with your real pick. My wild card, but okay, my real pick first. I would say all three names mentioned so far, Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, and um, Eden Hazard. Those are the top three because they've always been um, instrumental to the team. And again, they will be the, the, the providing factors in every match. So, yeah, I would go with Kevin De Bruyne as my number one pick. My wild card, uh, wild card, Felipe Anderson. That's my wild card. That's a good pick, though. you got to pick like a, yeah, not, a not good pick. But I mean, um, everybody, um, how, how many Brazilians have really adapted to the Premier League? Um, only of decent, it's been that they've actually flourished since Coutinho come, coming in. But we know any player coming from the Italian League doesn't really um, do justice. Pogba at the price tag he came and he still hasn't done anything to team him one of the best in the Premier League if I'm um, not mistaken or anybody any takers on that one uh, I like the pick. I think Philip Anderson is a good player. I honestly think that he might be a Dimitri Payet-style player. I mean, he's just so he's so gifted. I, I, I like watching. Well, I don't like Lazio. I'm a Roma fan. But, like, he's a really good player. And when he, he had a great season a couple years ago, it's just that in the last couple years he's been blighted by injuries. So, yeah, I think if he's healthy, I think you could say that with almost anyone in West Ham. If they're healthy, I think that team is great. And if, if they're healthy, Felipe Anderson is probably going to be really influential. And, I, you know, that's why I think. I don't think it's that crazy of a wildcard pick to think if West Ham has an incredible season, like maybe they're challenging for European spots, why wouldn't Felipe Anderson be considered for the top, you know, for the player of the year award? But, uh, I, you know what, I didn't mention my wildcard player, but if I'm going to go with a wildcard player, I'll go with someone I think is actually realistic. So we'll go with John Michael Sari. Uh, he's he's just he's a good player. He played at Nice. He's an Ivory Coast uh, national. He's really just like he can break the line so easily. And if Fulham has the kind of season that maybe is the greatest in the history of a promoted team in the Premier League, then obviously they're going to have to go through the midfield maestro that is John Michael Sarri. Or as some people in Barcelona were thinking that he could be the next Xavi. So who knows? I mean, if he's as good as they say he is. He's probably one of the best players in the Premier League, so we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, all right, let's let's go let's go with best manager Ashley. Who, who's your? I want give me your. Who do you think is honestly going to win or be the best manager in the Premier League? It doesn't have to be that they the manager that wins the league, but just the manager who's going to be the best performer who gets his team to play above their means or play better than what was expected of them. Um. Uh, what's the Wolves uh, manager's name? What's his name? Nuno? Nuno Espiritu Santo. Yeah, now that guy, I would say he's very good. Um, what he's been doing at Wolves has been actually amazing. Not, besides transfers, just the way they're playing football. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they were the only team at a certain stage or point in the league last season when they played uh, Man City in the Capital One Cup. They took them all the way to penalties. Nobody thought it would be possible because Man, the Man City was... Um, slaughtering everybody and they did ever so well in the league as well so um, he's definitely up there for managers of the season Silva always proves himself um, at Everton or so with like what you said about the new signings made um, they could be a force to reckon with so I would definitely say that too and um, Pep Guardiola just because he's that manager with Man City What about you Ori? I'm thinking Manuel Pellegrini for me because I think West Ham stays healthy and they gel together 
they are going to be potential top 10 team. I think they can be really, really good this season. And they finally have a manager that fits the billing of their stadium. They moved into the Olympic Stadium two, three years ago. Now they have a Premier League winning manager who has proven himself with Manchester City back when he won the title with them in uh, 2014. And I think Pellegrini can really push West Ham up to the level that the fans want them to be and to the level of you know, how nice their stadium is or how flashy it is. I would say more. I think Santos is a good shout. Um, I think another consideration, Rafa Benitez, potentially. I think Newcastle could be in for a good year, but I'm going to go with Pellegrini. I think that's I think that's a great pick. I was going to pick, well, both of you stole my uh, my pick, so thank you for that. But uh, no, I, I let's, all right. Uh, I think he's going to be Neil Warnock. No, I'm just joking. Neil Warnock is the most uninspiring yeah. Premier League manager of like the last five years. But uh if I had to pick a truly who I think would be like a great manager this season, I honestly think that Roy Hodgson, if Crystal Palace does better than expected, uh, I think he should get a shout because his teams, you usually when you think of Roy Hodgson, you think of teams that are really conservative, pretty boring to watch, uh, not exciting, it, it just typical British style manager. But last season, Crystal Palace was anything but that under Hodgson. He was so, like his style was so exciting. Having Andrews Townsend and Wilfred Zaha play as center forwards just opened up this incredible offensive juggernaut that was hiding beneath such defensive rigidity and boring play under Frank DeBoer. So if he continues with that kind of style where Zaha is this incredible playmaker, Townsend, Max Meyer, even Benteke to a smaller extent, like if, they, if he can get them to play more exciting football, I think Crystal Palace will rise up the rankings and get up there, get up there in the table, and that would be really fun. I mean, and if Hodgson, I cannot believe I'm saying this after their terrible, after England's, you know, horrible defeat to Iceland, but if Hodgson could really do well with Crystal Palace, I think he deserves a shout for manager of the year. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's no. Whatever, you know what? I, I whatever. I, I'm in love with those English style managers, <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on. Let's go to let's go to our final superlative. I think let's have the most fun with this one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about breakout players that we want to watch. Now we've mentioned we've mentioned Suri, we've mentioned Mitrovic, we've mentioned a lot of the players that are coming up, being promoted. Felipe Anderson, some of the newer signings. I want you guys to be a little creative. Think about players that maybe have not have been kind of flowing under the radar or maybe they just made the transfer move today that you think oh man this player is going to break out in the Premier League they're going to be the star they're going to be the player that we think back to when we think of this Premier League season who do you, who do you guys think it could be any any player any team in the Premier League um, my pick for this is not a player that was just transferred but a player that's newly promoted I would really like to see what Ruben Davis is about he's been a talk for a long time being linked to um, teams like uh, Liverpool and Man United um, at the tender age of 18 so now that he's a bit older and also he was instrumental to Wolves um, promotion last season um, I really am excited to see what he's about you Ari? I really like Sari and Sessegnon from Fulham but I want to see Lucas Torreira and how he plays. There's been a lot of hype surrounding him. New Arsenal man, a new Arsenal player from Sampdoria. Uh, he played pretty well in the World Cup with Uruguay, helping them get to the quarterfinals. So I would like to see him and how he plays. I like Damari Gray from Leicester. I think he's going to get a lot more game time now that Mares is on City, so he can have a very good season. I like Ruben Neves, um, Raul Jimenez maybe. Nice to see him score some goals for Wolves, but... I think that Fulham have two of the best young players in the league in Sessegnon and Sarri. 
I think that's uh, I think that's fair. I'd love to see how Raul Jimenez plays. He should have played more in the World Cup for Mexico, but it'd be interesting to see if he can really lift Wolves to a higher level with his uh, hold-up play and his ability to finish. If I had to pick a player, I'm going to pick one that was just transferred today because I think he's probably the most exciting defensive prospect we've seen in the Premier League for a few years now, and that's Jerry Mina from Everton. Now, he was first purchased by Barcelona. He's a Colombian international. He played at the World Cup. He played in three games in the World Cup, and he scored in all three games, including an incredible header at the death against England. Of course, that didn't really matter because England would win on penalties. But Jerry Mina is a towering center back, super fast. And in the World Cup, he really outperformed his more, uh, I would guess, experienced center back partner in Davidson Sanchez, who plays for uh, for Tottenham. So I think that, I think Jerry Mina is going to be a really interesting player to watch at this uh, Premier League season. I know it's hard to kind of like watch defensive players, but I think in the air, he's really almost unmatched. And, I, and in the Premier League, it's always interesting to see how teams use set pieces. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremy Mina has an incredible season for, <laughs> I'm not going to say like double-digit goals, but you, I wouldn't be shocked if Mina scores some important goals for, for the Toffees this season. But uh, that's, that's all of our superlatives. We've gone over all the players. We've gone over all the teams. Of course, we've previewed them. We've written about them. This is, our, this is what we want to do. This is the most fun part of this podcast. This is what I think hopefully everyone can listen to and enjoy. All of us are going to pick our final table prediction before the season starts. Now, how we're going to do it is we're going to go from the final place to the top place. Uh, we're going to go our first three relegation teams, and then we'll move up the table like that. But, uh, Ori, why don't you give me your three relegation teams for this Premier League season? So, in 20th, I have Cardiff City. I have done nearly not enough business, and they're not here to stay. They're finishing last. In 19th, I'm going with Southampton, I think. This is the year that the Saints finally go down. I don't think they've done the business, and I think losing Tadic is too big of a loss. And in 18th, I'm going with Huddersfield. I think that they did not do enough business. I don't think that their players are up to snub. They just don't have the depth. So Cardiff, Southampton, Huddersfield are my relegated relegated teams. I love that Southampton pick. Uh, All right, Ashley, what about you? Do you disagree with them? What's your final three? Um, I actually got two in the same slot. Um, Huddersfield at 18 and... um... 19 Saints. Um, I also think they didn't do enough. Um, and last season, they also struggled heavily. Um, just um, on the last Saints just survived. Huddersfield also pulled themselves out to their own hole. And in last place, Bournemouth. They struggled also as well in the start, in the beginning of the season. Um, from other teams doing badly, that helped them out in the end. So that's my three. Wow, you have Bournemouth. Wait, let's talk about this a little bit, because this will this will lead into our next part of the table, but you actually think Bournemouth is going to come in last? You don't even think Cardiff City is, is going to get relegated? That's really interesting. Why don't you talk me through your logic why Cardiff City is going to survive? Um, last season, they were very, very good defensively. Um, they didn't play attacking game. They only won games by 1-0, 2-1, stuff like that. They didn't really have a great goal scoring record. Um, with Bournemouth, they were all over the place. Um Nathan Acker, he couldn't really manage at the back. He's a brilliant player, but it's too much for him to do. And they just haven't progressed since two seasons ago. They were um, probably one of the better upset teams, of the um, lesser teams, as they so call it. Uh, but when last season came about, their first game against Man City, it looked like they were going to do something. And then after that, everything just fell apart. I was surprised that Ilya was still had his job. Um, and they still stuck with it now for the season. A um, couple of plays were really underwhelming. So this season, I see a lot more teams 
playing a better better brand of football. Well, you know that's very interesting. I guess you're you're I you know I I don't I I think that's an interesting argument. I do think that Bournemouth is going to have a bad season as we're we'll discuss it. But I guess if I if I have to give my three uh, relegation candidates, it's definitely for me Cardiff City coming in twentieth, Huddersfield coming in nineteenth, and I think. And neither of you had this team on there. I think Watford is going to come in in uh, 18th place. I think Watford, their business was not very good. They're changing managers all the time. Javi Garcia isn't really a spectacular manager. Uh, Pereira is a good player, but he's one midfielder. And Decore, I think, while he is a good player, I, I actually don't think he's going to have a repeat of his season. I think while he was used very well last year, I, I don't, I just don't imagine him scoring more than 10 goals again. Um, so I think Watford's going to really struggle. They just don't have a lot of talent. They don't have great coaching. I, it's just it feels to me it's like that season where it finally everything falls apart. But uh, let's move on to our let's go with our mid table before the top ten. We're going to discuss seventeenth to eleventh. Now I don't you don't need to give me an explanation on why each team is there. But if you want to discuss why you put one team higher or one team lower, go for it. So Ori, why don't you tell me seventeenth to eleventh? Well, first, I think it's surprising. Bournemouth twentieth, Ashley. That is a that's a little much for me. I, I would have suspected to hear Cardiff, but I'm going to go seventeenth Brighton, sixteenth Crystal Palace. Despite getting Meyer and Kuyate, I just don't think they have goal scorers. Watford in fifteenth. I got Bournemouth in fourteenth. Fulham thirteenth. Twelfth, I'm going with Wolves, and in eleventh, I'm going with Burnley. Oh, wow! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You really, you 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 really put those uh, London teams down. What what? You got to talk a little bit more about that Crystal Palace stuff, man. Crystal Palace. What do you mean they don't have goal scores? What about Zaha? What about Townsend? What about I, Benteke? I, I think Zaha is in a position where he's going to get transferred out in the winter. I don't think Crystal Palace are going to have the results. Benteke is a decent goal scorer, but I just don't feel that he's going to be putting a lot in the net. While Meyer is good and Kuyate is good. I feel that Crystal Palace is not going to steal some results from any of the big teams, and they might have some bad home losses, but I also think they're in a position where Zaha will leave in the winter. He wants to leave, and I think he is going to leave when we get to the January transfer window. And, you know, there's just some unexpected stuff that happens. So I think Palace 16th for me is where I have been finishing. Also, I don't like Roy Hodgson. I don't think he's a good manager at all. <laughs> Whatever. You'll, you'll, you'll come around this season. Let me give you mine. I'll give you so you could fight with me a little bit. Um, I have Bournemouth coming in 17th, just barely surviving relegation. I think they'll eventually do it, but uh, I don't think they're going to get relegated this season. Maybe next year. Uh, Southampton, I have in 16th. Here's my probably first big real shock. I have Burnley in 15th, Brighton in 14th, Leicester in 13th, Fulham in 12th, Crystal Palace in 11th. I'm really, I'm really high on Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace is going to have a really great, great season. <laughs> you sound like a uh, Crystal Palace supporter there. I'm not a Crystal Palace supporter. I just like the players. <laughs> Look, if you have a talented squad, you should go higher on the list. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Wilfred Zaha is one of the best players in the Premier League. He's incredible. I had a Burnley. You're telling me Sean Dyche is is a worse manager than Roy Hodgson. I never said that. I never said that. I just okay. think that, I think Burnley, here's my, all right, so I'm going to try to defend the Burnley argument. I think Burnley's going to have a bad season this year for a variety of reasons. Number one being, their their defensive tactics, while they're great, they just don't score. Like, they're not, like, the most, 
they're not exciting when it comes to the attack, and that might actually come to harm them when they're playing against more exciting attacking teams in the Premier League this season. They're not playing Stoke. They're not playing West Brown. They're not playing Swansea. They're going to be playing Fulham and Wolves. I mean, it's not going to be a British style against a British style. They're going to be playing teams that are looking to attack, and they might actually break Burnley down. And second... I think Burnley's going to get stretched too thin. Now, they're, of course, they're playing in the Europa League right now. We'll see what happens with the qualification. But let's say they do move on. I think it's going to burn them out. They're not going to have the required squad depth to really challenge on both fronts. And, sec- and third and final point, I just think that a lot of their players had exceptional seasons last year, and I just don't think they're going to be able to replicate it. I think Joe Hart was not great piece of business. I think a lot of their British players, from Robbie Brady to you know Jeff Hendricks and... Yeah, I just don't think, and Ashley Barnes, like, I just don't think they're going to have the repeat kind of season that they had last year, and they haven't made enough additions. So I think they're going to drop. I don't think they're going to get relegated. I, that's, I think one thing you can guarantee is that Sean Dyche might become the new Tony Pulis, and he might not get relegated ever again. But Burnley, I just think, they're, you play negative football, you, I don't think it's going to work this season. It could work other seasons, but everybody's ready, and they're ready to attack. So I think they're going to be, they're going to struggle a little bit this season. Okay. All right. Ashley, what do you have? I have 17th place Cardiff, massive relegation. 16th, Watford, because I do believe they're going to be poor, yes. Um, 15th place Burnley, 14th place Brighton, 13th place Crystal Palace, 12th Leicester City, and 11th Newcastle. (laughs) Also, Leicester finishing so low. Why so low for Leicester? Why so low for Leicester? Uh, They don't pose a real threat compared to the others like everyone else looks more threatening because we know little about what Fulham um, Wolves what they're going to do in the Premier League that's why they come across as um, a bit more lethal with a secret weapon where Leicester um, Claripool his tactics sometimes never works actually most times and it proved last season <clears throat> when they lost like you know, drastically sometimes by heavy goal margins um, and they just all better teams. Yeah, I'm not high That's, on Leicester either. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Ashley. I don't think Leicester's going to do very well this season. Yeah, no. I still agree with you. Because I, they, mean, I, have, I have Leicester yeah. top 10. Well, I, I mean, like, all right, well, we'll get to, let's get to the top 10. I think <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about this. So let's do 10th through 5th. Uh, Ori, oh. you start. You tell us why you think Leicester's going to finish in the Champions League spots. Okay, no, I'm not. Come on, I'm, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> so, 10th West Ham, 9th, I'm going with Newcastle. This is probably my biggest shock is Newcastle and 9th. I think Rondon is going to score tons of goals for them. Leicester and 8th, I think that their young stars are going to pop up. Not just Gray, you keep Harry Maguire, he's going to have a phenomenal season, at least for the first half. If he does go to Man U in the winter, who knows? And I also think that Kelechi Iheanacho is going to score a little, some more goals this season with Leicester. And Jamie Vardy, this might be his last party. Seventh, Everton. The business they've done has been tremendous. The players that they've signed have been fantastic. I think they come seventh. And in sixth, I'm going Chelsea. And you wanted fifth, right? Yep. Tottenham. Oh, Okay. All right. Fifth, Chelsea, okay, okay. I, I, I like this. I'm, I'm in. Let me give you my top 10 or my 10 to 5. I've got Newcastle in 10th. I agree with you that Rondon is going to score a bunch of goals. I'm just not sure he's going to be enough goals to get him past 10th place. But I think 10th place would be a success for Newcastle. In 9th, I've got Wolves. 
I think they're going to be an incredible team this season. I'm very excited to watch them. Hopefully they don't disappoint us. I think we all are kind of high on Wolves. I've got West Ham in eighth. I think I'm actually I'm pretty hopeful that Pellegrini is going to really make this team a really hardworking, good team. Uh, Everton in seventh, just like you. Uh, I think that they, they do have a, they have a ceiling, but they could maybe they could break it. You, know, you never know. Things could go. In sixth, I've got Tottenham, and in fifth, I've got Chelsea. So reverse yours, Ori. I, I think Tottenham's going to have a, a really, really bad season. You cannot go in the window and not make any purchases, especially when half of your team was playing in the World Cup semifinals and in the final. It's just, it's not, it, they're going to come home too tired, and they're also not going to be prepared for the season, and it's going to weigh on their legs, they're going to have a bad Champions League performance, and it's going to be a really difficult season for those, uh, for, the, for, the, for, for the Hotspurs. What about you, Ashley? What do you think? What's your 10 through 5? Here we go. Sam Chuck is in the studio that we do, guys. In 10th, I have Fulham. In 9th, I have Wolves. In 8th, I have Everton. In 7th, I have West Ham. At six, I have United. Whoa! I have Arsenal. <laughs> oh, that's just disrespectful. Um, well, all right, wait. You got now. You really got to defend those picks. Why do you think Man United is going to be the worst of the top six? Um, they play above a lot of criticism, and I think that's because for how many seasons have they missed out on the title? Now they should have won it a long time. The money spent. Um, also. With the old saga of Jose Mourinho and what's going on in the backroom staff, um, with the players as well, a lot of players seem unhappy. It's, and it's showing in their game, their gameplay. And also, if they continue to play the same type of football that they've been playing for the past two seasons, they're definitely not going anywhere with that. Yeah, that's it. I can I can buy that argument, but well, I'll get to why I think Man United is going to finish higher than six. I feel like that's a prerequisite. I don't unless Jose Mourinho just has a terrible season. I think it's. Feels extremely unlikely. But tell me why you think Arsenal is not going to return to the Champions League this year. Um, just because it's a teething phase. It's a new era in um, two decades that they now need to try and adjust to. Um, the football is going to be exciting. Una Emre is a very exciting manager. I love him for what he done there at um, Sylvia. So I'm excited about what's going on in the Arsenal camp. Um, I just don't think they'll make it because of the other teams who are the top four teams to me. I regard them as the top four teams who is in my top four slots. Um, another reason for Man United missing out is because of the top six teams. I mean, the teams ahead of them, they, they're not better than the counterparts regarding the style of play, everything like that. So that's why I got Man United in <laughs> sixth place. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's shocking. And also, um, a, a good example. We say it's very impossible. Chelsea had the same squad when... Um, Jose Mourinho just won the title. The season after, where did they end up? And he got sacked. So it could be a repeat of that. Like certainly, just the title exactly. That's the thing. They didn't win a title, so maybe, yeah, maybe they won't be as complacent. But you're right. That could definitely happen. All right. This is what I guess everybody's probably waiting for. We've had some crazy, uh, you know, places for a lot of these teams. Of course, none as crazy as Manchester United coming in sixth. But that might. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? That might actually happen. Who knows? But uh, uh, let's. Ashley, since you've brought us on this path with Man United and Arsenal in fifth and sixth, give me your top four. Go from four to one. Who's in fourth? Who wins the fourth place trophy? And who actually wins the Premier League trophy? Um, in fourth place, I have Chelsea, the Blues of London, because of the business they've done. Um, their camp looks happier. In third place, I have Spurs, just because they, they're a team that doesn't achieve too much. It doesn't achieve too little. They just stay in 
top competitions. Um, and Mauricio Petrucini is just very good at beating his counterparts. Uh, in second place, I have Liverpool. And in first, Man City to retain the title. Not as exciting as I would have hoped. I would have hoped you would have picked Tottenham to win the title just to uh, piss everybody off. But what about you, Ari? Give me, give me your top four. My top four. Well, first, I think it would be hearing Ashley's top ten, seeing uh, Wolves and Fulham make it. I think that would be incredible to see two newly promoted teams make the top ten. I mean, Fulham just became the first newly promoted team to spend a hundred million pounds in the transfer window. Incredible from Fulham and Wolves. So top ten for them would be great. Fourth, I'm going with Arsenal. I think they just have an edge over Tottenham in that they have some more depth um, and that I think they just have two very good strikers in Lacazette and Aubameyang, whereas with Tottenham, if you lose Harry Kane, if you lose Eriksen, then the team is just is just not there. You don't have a backup. Man U in third, just because of the, the negative attitude with Mourinho and around the team and the fact that they didn't have a good window. I mean, getting Fred, Dalot, and Lee Grant, those are your only three signings, that's bad business. I think City will retain the title. Liverpool is going to come in second. And I also think that it's not going to be close again. I think that City will once again win the title by double-digit points. They didn't add. They didn't need to add that many pieces, but adding Riyad Mahrez is big. I still don't think Manchester City is at the level of being a good Champions League contender, which would also mean that the league will be their top priority if they get knocked out in the round of 16 at the quarterfinals again, which I think is very possible for the Champions League. I think City's just going to retain the title. Pep Guardiola, since he's been managing in leagues for almost 10 years, he's only not won the title twice when he's been with Barca, uh, Bayern, and City. So he's just going to do it again. So I think both of you are correct. I think Manchester City is going to win the title. But you know what? We're not here to have correct opinions. We're here to have opinions. And I'm not going to go with this easy kind of opinion making. I'm going crazy. In fourth place, I've got Manchester United. I've got Arsenal in third place. I've got Manchester City in second place, and I've got Liverpool winning the league for the first time since the 80s. I, I, now, honestly, if this is wrong, I, and I'm perfectly accepted with this being wrong, but I'm going to make the argument to why I think Liverpool is going to win the league. Now, Manchester City, of course, they're the strongest team probably we've ever seen in the Premier League, except for the Invincibles, but whatever. Manchester City, though, here's the thing. One thing that they're determined to do this season that they have not done in their entire history, it's not win the FA Cup, it's not win the Carabao Cup, and it's not winning the Premier League. It's winning the Champions League. That is their number one priority. Pep Guardiola has not won the Champions League since 2011. When he was at Bayern Munich, there was constant criticism over his tactics in the Champions League knockout stages, especially against Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. He needs to win. He didn't win with Manchester City in the last two years. Counterpressing Monaco and counterpressing Liverpool smashed his Manchester City teams in the knockout stages, both in the quarterfinals, especially that embarrassing, embarrassing display against Liverpool last season. He's going to put all his resources and all his players into winning that Champions League, which means he's not going to be focused on winning the Premier League every week. They're not going to get 100 points. They're not hungry enough to win the Premier League again. Liverpool, on the other hand, has made one of the best transfer windows of this summer. I think their midfield is exceptional now. Last season, their one problem or their one thing that was worried is that they had Emre Chai, Jordan Henderson, and James Milner basically pro, uh, <laughs> patrolling the midfield. And you know what? That's just not good enough. But now you've replaced, you, you replaced him with Keita. You've replaced him with Jorginho. You, I mean, it's an incredible, or Juninho, whatever. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's a great midfield now. 
they have Mohamed Salah, they have Bobby Firmino, they have Sadio Mane, they have beaten Manchester City before, they beat them in the Champions League, they beat them in the league last year, they're not afraid of playing City, and they're not afraid of anybody else. Daniel Sturridge is basically a new signing in the old parlance of Arsene Wenger. He can play in those games against those kind of Watfords or those lower level teams that are looking to defend, and they can get those points that they're often dropped uh, in the last couple seasons. I don't honestly believe Liverpool can win, but I want them to win the Premier League if Arsenal can't win it. Because I don't want Pep Guardiola to just stroll to another title. It was fun once, but let Liverpool win. Let's bring, let's, uh, let's never walk alone again. I think Liverpool's going to win the title. I really hope they do. I really <laughs> hope they do. I mean, that would be incredible if they did. But yeah. I just don't know with... The reason I don't have Liverpool winning the title is because I don't think that Salah, Firmino, and Mane can have the season they had last year again. Duplicating that, you need to be Ronaldo or Messi. And none of those guys are, are Ronaldo or Messi. I just think both of you are traitors. How about that? <laughs> well, well, we're just going to be biased the whole time? That's All right. right. Listen, I have Arsenal coming in third over Man United. Fine, Man U finishes 20th. If we're going to play that game, let's play that game. <laughs> uh, no, no, but I... I listen, but wait, do you honestly think that it matters that they need to have a season like they did last year? They had the season that they had did last year, and they, didn't, they came in third. Or no, they came in fourth place. I think it does matter, because for Liverpool, I mean, one, you, you have to go with the obvious John Madden answer. The more goals you score, the better you're going to do. But Salah had a really sad ending to his season. Getting injured in the Champions League final and Egypt having a horrible World Cup, I think he'll come back pretty strong. He looked pretty good in the preseason. I don't think he's going to be able to score 30 to 32 goals again. I think he can get to 20, but I don't think he's going to get to 30. Firmino and Mane are excellent players too, but I just don't see those guys scoring as much as they did. I think Keita and Fabinho are excellent additions. I think Shakiri adds a lot of depth to the squad. Allison makes them a title contender in goal. But Pep Guardiola might be the best manager in the world. And Manchester City, even with Champions League being an important priority to them, they can still put out, you know, half their starters and half their bench and still destroy everybody. Well, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah we can't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, what, that's what, good point. what do you think, no, Ashley? You, you, you would you give anything, any hope to Liverpool? Yes, I do, definitely. Like you said, what sends... Um, for Liverpool is the fact that Man, United, Man City is going to go after that Champions League title. And the same thing goes for Liverpool. Liverpool will go after that Premier League title. Klopp is in need of it now. It's his fourth term. He promised in these four, um, four years that he's going to be here. He's going to bring a title. And it has to be the Premier League because that's the one that's been elusive for how many years now? Um, since the turn of the, the English Premier League. So for the points that both of you made, where Ari is saying also as well... Um, with the inclusion of Riyad Mahrez, um, a little signings they've made, um, but he's gold. He's a player that could start, um, come off the bench um, with the guys missing from the start of the World Cup. He just um, rolls, in, rolls into the starting eleven. Um, so there's a lot that they can do with him there. So they actually have a flawless team, basically, out of um, everything being said by both of you guys. That's very good points which gives enough reason that anyone could take it of the two. I mean, it, it would be a more fun season, definitely, if Liverpool can actually challenge Man City. Now, that's, that remains to be seen, even with my theatrics. But I wanna, before we go, I want to ask each of you one question. I want you guys, 
let, let's let's think about this. So the new Premier League season is upon us. It was a great World Cup. It's been a couple great couple seasons. And I want to ask you, give me one story that you think is going to become the dominant story of the year, the thing that we think about this Premier League season of. I'll start with you, Ashley. Pick one story that you think is going to dominate the league all season round. It's going to be in the papers. We're going to write about it. Just one, one story that you, you think is going to be interesting. How is Mourinho to be the first manager to lose his job this season? That's going to be the story of the season. Mm, I like it. I, 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 like, I like the controversy. What about you, uh, Ori? That's bold. I don't think I can go that bold. I don't think Mourinho is going to be the man you manager after the season, but I don't think he gets fired. Some people are saying fired in the winter. Uh, that's bold, Ashley. I'm going to go. I, know. I mean, he's been picked by everybody, even picking odds just against him. Uh, right. There's no other manager that's actually at threat of losing their job except in club, let's say, because now games have started until we play, let's say, in week 10, and there's teams that's just been losing, losing. That's the only time we're going to be able to give a better idea of who the three managers are to lose their job first. But at this right now, before the season starts, Klopp and Jose Mourinho have a lot riding on this campaign, with Klopp having to win a title and with Jose Mourinho just doing his same old pool. Right. So tell me, Yori, what do you think? I, I, think it's, I think a Premier League season is usually defined by a player. You know, Leicester City winning the title, that was the big story. Mahrez, Vardy, and Conte. Then I think Conte and Hazard really took over the year after. And then last year, I think Mo Salah was kind of the big story along with Manchester City's, you know, century season. But I think the big story this season is going to be Ryan Sessegnon showing how versatile and how good of a player he is. And I think Ryan Sessegnon will have such a good season this year and next year. He will start for England at Euro 2020. I, I love that claim. I think Ryan Sessegnon is going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to see him in the Premier League. But to finish this off, I'll give you what I think is going to be the dominant story, and I think it fits within your guys' prediction. I think this is going to be the year when last year was the year where Man City uh, dominated English Premier League, so everybody thought, well, Pep Guardiola's tactics can work anywhere. I think this season is not going to be about Pep Guardiola's tactics, but about making Man City the greatest team to ever play in the Premier League. Now, it's not just about the individual season. But we haven't seen a team win every trophy that they've ever played in in one season since Barcelona did it in 2009-2010. Pep Guardiola was the manager of that team when they did that. And they had legends such as Xavi, uh, Messi, uh, I think uh, Thierry Henry was on that team. It's just, it's a team that, this Manchester City team, even though I, I not half-jokingly but half-sincerely think Liverpool can challenge them, I do think Manchester City has the potential to become one of the greatest teams to ever play in the history of the Premier League and in the history of world football. So I think that's going to be the dominant story, that Man City is going to be followed very closely to see if they can actually reach the level of a Barcelona or Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich. But we got to watch the season to do that. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for talking about your feelings and your traitorous nature towards Liverpool. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, we're gonna be we're gonna keep doing this all year round. The Top Flight Podcast is not going away. We're gonna be doing at least two a week uh, for the rest of the Premier League season. Uh, we'll get the dates soon enough. We'll discuss that later. But I want to thank everybody that was listening to the preview podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I hope you guys have been listening. I hope you guys keep reading our content on thetopflight.com. Uh, do you guys want to plug your Twitter handles before we go? Yeah, at Obenatar five one two. Can't wait for the season. Also, Newcastle's gonna be Tottenham on Saturday. I said it. Oh, so, wait, wait, wait. Actually, I also agree with that. I think Newcastle is going to be Tottenham 2-0. I got 2-1.
Okay, what about you, Ashley? Can you give us a prediction before we go for this weekend? Ah, got Newcastle also to win Tottenham. Oh my God! I love it. No, no, we're not, we're not changing that. I love it. Screw Tottenham. They deserve it. Um, but... your Twitter, Ashley. <laughs> Sorry? Your Twitter. Oh, my Twitter handle, at SnowyTM12. There you have it. Catch us on the topflight.com. <laughs> I love it. And you can find me at Bailey's Estelle on the, uh, Twitter. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you for the rest of the season. Come on. Let's go to the Premier League. Let's start this up. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>